MD. Welcome to the Chocolate Bar, our lives, our strength, our time. Uh, we're on episode 31, and I'm trying really hard not to laugh right now. Um, <laughs> Just go it's, it's, y'all, it's one of those evenings. It really is. So, days. So yes, just for a frame of reference, it is the day after daylight savings and I, my joint is just jacked up. Like I've been all off all day today, so you will have to forgive me. Um, but anyway, we are glad to be back. We missed you guys. Um, it's, it's, it's been great kind of doing this a little bit more like every couple of weeks, but it's also kind of hard because I miss checking in with y'all every week, but it's all good stuff. Um, and we have some great stuff coming up. So thank you again for joining us. Um, um, and unfortunately, you just have us to this evening, <laughs> not a special guest. So sorry about that. We'll but have we, more guests soon. We promise you we will have more guests soon. Um, anyway, so I guess we can catch up with each other and with y'all a little bit uh, since we last had a chance to catch up. So what's going on, Dee? Oh, goodness. What have I been up to? I have been working. I have been training. I have been foolery and fuckering. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Same thing. I'm trying to decide on a meet for the year but that has proved difficult because things down here in atlanta i don't know what's going on the universe doesn't like us i guess Mm -hmm. have been getting canceled and moved around and Mm -hmm. shuffled which Mm -hmm. um my plan for this year is i only want to train with a coach during the lead up to a meet Mm -hmm. um it's a great idea to have a coach all the time Mm -hmm. but right now financially it just doesn't make sense for me so um, especially since right now I am a one or possibly two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> event situation. There will be no squatting. So I just mm-hmm. feel like if I, I can, I can program, I clearly have been doing okay programming my bench in the off season for myself. Right. Um, so I just feel like I just don't know how to peak for a meet properly. Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to hire a coach, but until we have meet dates that are solidified, um, I'm kind of stuck. So mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. that. Um, my gym is undergoing the most badass freaking expansion ever. I'm super excited about that. Uh, we have, I guess, we finally outgrew our space, which is mm-hmm. kind of exciting. We have an entire, if you haven't seen it yet, Bree, go check it out. Oh, we I will. have an entire second room now. And the funniest thing is there are all these huge racks that they've added in there. Um, but I'm really excited because they got all this like really cool innovative hamstring and glute training stuff Ooh, i like it so the part of me that enjoys my large ass can train it even harder now um we have a machine that oddly i saw in a video of oh goodness there's a figure girl she's from georgia Mm -hmm. is it it sydney yeah it was sydney in a video in this in this gym in the middle of nowhere georgia that i can't get to Mm -hmm. she was using this really cool looking machine and i said to somebody i said god i hope my gym has that one day and sure enough the first piece of equipment they brought in was that machine. So I'm super excited to train with the new stuff that they've got in there. Um, I don't know that there's anything else exciting going on. I've been working on some cool projects at work. Mm -hmm. I will say this about work, and I didn't even get a chance to tell you this offline, so I don't know that you've heard this yet. Uh, We had our reviews um, last week. Mm-hmm. So I'm at about my six month mark. Mm, you guys know God, I started. I know. So, you know, I started my job in September, so I'm at about my six-month mark. And I, after four years of being told that I just am a big ball of suck, 
to get like this was like the review of a lifetime my boss was like crying she was so happy to give me my review it was i have and i'm not even bragging i mean honestly i've never had a boss who actually was just like i'm really glad you're here that's amazing i'm so happy we hired you and i knew from when i met you the first time that you were the right person and really i was just worried you were gonna hate your job and leave (laughs) that is awesome and after four years of you suck you suck you suck you suck it is really nice to just be able to say okay i'm not crazy i'm good at what i do that last job just was not what i was supposed to be doing but it is it's been um as much as we all say we don't need validation sometimes right. we do yeah and absolutely it was very nice to kind of be able to settle mm-hmm. and then after i talked to my boss because i think you all know i'm a government contractor since i bitch about the government getting shut down all the time on my instagram uh i talked to the person i work for on site and she was able she apparently sent my boss this huge letter about how great and awesome and wonderful i am and then she proceeded to tell me the same thing face to face so it was really nice to hear it from the person who actually pays me and then the person who i'm actually there to work for so it was it was just it was just nice and i kind of went through the weekend feeling all happy except for the fact that as everybody knows i'm going through hair drama right now (laughs) but we are not going to talk about that beyond the fact that you and I have talked several times on on the podcast about small businesses, especially mm-hmm. black-owned small businesses. And this is another case of what we always say. We need to stop assuming because we're black and the customer is probably black. In this case, it is a black person who owns this business and I am the customer and I am black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it is okay <laughs> to be an irresponsible business person. So again, Brie and I talk about this all the time, and this is not everybody. This is not how everybody handles business, mm-hmm. but it does happen a lot that black-owned businesses tend to do things that they would never do, <laughs> right? If their client base wasn't also black, mm-hmm. and they handle things in a way, as Brie has talked about with her planner, I think it was where this <sighs> happened the response to the foolishness and fuckery that occurs when we mess up is often oh well or right which is the current status of my situation uh for those who don't know i had a hair appointment on saturday by hairstylist fell off the face of the earth and it turned out she was on vacation and just forgot to tell everybody she was going on vacation Mm, mm, um what if i I mean (laughs) it sounds like vanity on the surface but i have a job that requires me to attend meetings i have a social life i have all kinds of things what if i had had something important that day right so again i'm sorry i'm in miami is not an adequate response yeah that was that was outrageous and i just am mind blown it's i'm going on day three now of being just like what the fuck how Mm -hmm. do you even that's just not how we do business so i think for anyone who's listening i know most of our listeners are better than this but if you're starting a business and your audience is black or your customers or your market is black don't slack just because you work with black people and you think we all understand right because at the end of the day we're still giving you our money mm-hmm. and it is mm-hmm. what it is everybody Girl, expects great service i i am only better than you because as you saw i think you i think you saw it on my instagram mm-hmm. that technique she used to cut uses to cut hair cannot be replicated with one pair of scissors yeah so until i find another ninja with six pairs of scissors who can cut my hair like that you will 
either that or I'll just shave my head because I'm not that's so okay vain that I won't just cut all my hair off. Um, and that's fine. <laughs> so we'll see. It might be, you might see Baldy. It might be, it might be time for a change. So <laughs> I approve. That I think is everything I've been up to. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, that's it. I don't think I've been doing anything. Um, what have I been doing? <sighs> just training. Um, that's going up and down. It's tough some days. Some days it's not. Whatever. Uh, saw Black Panther. It was amazing. Um, oh my gosh, we haven't talked since Black I Panther know. came out. I just Did realized you see that. It? Yes, and I just realized that. Oh, we've not. That's right. I didn't know you'd seen. <laughs> Girl. This, oh my god. A hot mess. What Listen, I'm mess? usually right, and I'm usually like, oh, spoilers, but. Look, listen, this shit's been out like four weeks. If you haven't seen it, what are you even doing with your life? Like, it doesn't even count as a spoiler anymore. Anyway, I'm just going to say that it was fucking amazing. It went way beyond my expectations, not only just because of what it means to see those type of images as a black person on the screen, but I actually thought the story was really good. I mean, it was somewhat predictable, but I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I mean, I was just impressed all the way around. And, you know, normally... Um, you know, I'll go to a movie and, and you kind of like zone in and out, but I was literally like eyes wide open the whole two hours and some change that we saw. And even my, you know, incredibly unimpressive, um, or, you know, not easily <laughs> impressed, I should say, a uh, uh, 14 year old was the same. He was just like, whoa, like it was just so cool. And there were just so many memorable moments and memorable quotes from that movie like it it was just oh man it, i think it's definitely going into my cache of favorite movies ever um, yes. and i definitely cannot wait to see it again before it um gets out of the theaters yes. and just seeing our folks do the most at the movies with the way they were dressed and like it was just an experience like i just thought it was so fucking awesome then just all the beauty that was in that movie hunty male and female i was just like lord jesus thank you Whew, it was just a wonderful sight to behold so yes i'm um i you know two thumbs up for sure for sure for and sure. there's another one coming yes that was super good so yes that was very good i haven't seen a wrinkle in time yet um i was gonna try to make it this past weekend but um life just got a little crazy so i didn't get a chance to make it oh and then the other thing some of y'all might have seen on my story so the weekend before last um there was a, a you know a pretty big storm on the east coast um and it didn't the storm in and of itself didn't quite get down to where we are to where i am but there were some really, really, really high winds um, that apparently knocked out some power lines. And so when I got up last Friday, um, not the Friday that just passed, but the Friday previous, um, you know, the power was out. And so I was like, oh, OK. And usually when that happens, it like it'll go out and it may, you know, kind of surge back and forth and then come on, you know, I think at the most, maybe an hour or two later. So I had to get up and go to work and I was like, oh, the power will be on by the time I get home. So um, went to work, uh, went to CrossFit. That was a disaster. Called myself, trying to, <laughs> called myself trying to do the open workouts. It was trash. Um, and so I'm assuming, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it'll be home by the time I get home. So I'm on my way home and my husband texts me and he's like, yeah, so we're at a hotel because there's no power. I was like, wait, what? So I'm thinking, OK, well, clearly it'll be on by Saturday morning. So I you know, went to the hotel and that was fine. Um, for Actually, first I went home, checked on the dog and then went to the hotel and I was like, whatever. So Saturday morning comes and goes. Saturday afternoon comes and goes. <laughs> Saturday evening comes and goes. And we're like, what in the, the entire fuck? So apparently where we live, which is a newer development, which is why this makes no fucking sense. None of the power lines are underground. 
they're all above ground, which is just stupid. And because of the winds being so high, um, Baltimore Gas and Electric was just like, yeah, so about that, uh, we can't do anything until the winds die down. So yeah, I'm, I don't really know what to tell you. And I was like, wait, what? So that was just, I mean, and of course, you know, you're thinking about your food that's spoiling and all of the foolishness. So we went and got um, Angus and smuggled him into the hotel, which was hilarious because, you know, we're thinking, okay, well, we got to be all ninja-like. Um, in the hotel where we stayed, they had like three buildings. So they had like the main building where the, you know, registration and lobby was. And then they had these two like lodges that were more garden style. So you could access them. You could actually access your room from the outside. So we're like sneaking him in. It's all dark. <laughs> And we're like, come on, you know, you can't say anything, be quiet. So we get in the room and we're like, okay, you know, Angus, we're trying to, you know, bribe him with food to be quiet. And all of a sudden I hear the next, the folks next door in the room next door, I hear a dog barking. (laughs) So clearly everybody brought their dog to the hotel. So that was quite an adventure with me, my husband, my son, and my dog all in the same hotel room. (laughs) It was a mess. Um, So we basically ended up being there um, the entire weekend. And then my husband had to travel for work on that Sunday. So it was just me and my son. And so we finally ended up coming home on Monday and the power came back on and it was just ridiculous. So yeah, it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks. Anyway, it's fine. (laughs) I just have to say the videos that you sent me of Angus in the hotel room hearing the other dog barking might be some of the best things I've seen all year. Girl, it was a mess. And he was just like, what is happening? He's just like, what, what, what is this? What is this foolishness? He did not want to go to sleep. Like, it was a mess. So, but you know, all in a day, all in a day's work with the Green family. Um, anyway, so yeah. So we thought uh, uh, we were trying to figure out what to chit chat about tonight. And I know that we did an episode early on just kind of about, um, you know, getting sort of acclimated to strength sports and powerlifting and, you know, all of that and some of the do's and don'ts and things, you know, pitfalls and things that, you know, we may have experienced or things that you may want to consider when you get into it. But I thought it would be a really good time to do a bit of a gut check for those that have been, um, you know, sort of doing whatever it is the sport is for a while um, or have been lifting for quite some time because I think oftentimes when that happens you sort of go on autopilot and you kind of forget things that you know you used to do that you you know should do but you don't do anymore or you know you just kind of lose perspective a little bit so I thought it might be um, interesting to talk about you know you know some things pitfalls do's and don'ts for folks that are more experienced lifters and, and kind of you know basically how not to be an asshole either to yourself or to other people so um I, you know, in sort of researching and thinking about this, I, you know, of course, came across some articles and um, there was a really great article on T Nation. They always have the best stuff about that very thing about how to, you know, really be a smart lifter and, and kind of some of the pitfalls that folks fall into and how to get out of them. So I thought, you know, it might be great to start there and then we could kind of just um, launch off of that. So um, some of, so one of the first things they, they listed um, on their list of um, mistakes that advanced lifters make is being too rigid. And I really think that's a great starting point because I think it really um, reaches into a variety of areas, um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, just, you know, you find a program or you find a coach or whatever that works for you and you just, you just do that. 
that's all you do you stick to that you there's no room for flexibility you know if something throws you off your game on a particular day with your you know sort of um you know programmed programmed program for that day like you just lose your shit right <laughs> um and you know i think in any you know sort of any aspect to life whether it be professionally or personally or particularly with you know training you know being too rigid i think kind of works against you for a variety of reasons like if you you know are following your program and you find that a it's not working for you then why would you just keep following your program because that's your program right um the other thing too and this is something that i really had to um kind of struggle with and learn um, especially with this last bodybuilding prep because everything was going wrong and just life in general um, you know there are days when I, I go in and you know I work with a coach and I have sort of my set workout for the day but you know I go in some mornings and it's crowded as fuck and every machine I need is taken or I wake up and you know I'm just not feeling a hundred percent or you know I injure myself it, it could be anything you know and then you know, you're sort of faced with this, you know, dilemma of, okay, but this is my program and I can't fear from this, you know, and do I just stand there and look stupid and not do anything? Or do I try to adapt or, you know, and if I adapt, is that going to like, you know, uh, kill my gains or whatever? And I think it's really important to have the ability to be flexible, right? Um, So there, there were, you know, there was a time, um, for example, again, when I was doing my you know, last bodybuilding prep, and there was an extra, there was a, it was uh, leg day. And there was um, the way that the programming was at that point, I think it was, I needed to do um, some exercise that was um, emphasizing my hamstrings, but I had injured my hamstring, and it was killing me. And it was almost one of those things where I was almost paralyzed, like, but I need to do this. Should I do it and just, you know, go work through, push through the pain? Or do I do something different? <laughs> you know, and I, I, I feel emailed, like you texted me. I think I texted you. I also texted my coach and he was like, then do something different. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? You know, but giving yourself that permission, I think is really important because, you know, everything is not going to be a perfect universe all the time. And if you are thrown off by those little changes, like you're going to really like, you're going to do yourself more harm than good. And it's mentally going to be really hard for you to make progress. So I think it's really important to learn how to not be so rigid um, in, you know, in that respect, when it comes to sort of what, what it is that you're doing. You know, the rigid, like being rigid, I've had to learn, and I think I might miss this a little bit when, now Mm -hmm. that we have this expanded gym, when I started at my gym, I was probably the only power lifter who was there first thing in the morning. I don't want to say I was the only power lifter there because I definitely wasn't, but I was the only one that came early, early in the morning, 95% of the time. So I could pretty much do whatever my coach needed me to do on any given day and for those of you who know who was coaching me last year at this time his workouts are known for taking like three days mm-hmm, <laughs> each mm-hmm. of his individual workouts you right. start on monday you finish sometime wednesday right in right. time to do your next one your next workout on wednesday um but when i started i was able to do that first of all because i was working from home so three hours in the gym no big deal mm-hmm. um and i was the only one there first thing in the morning and what has happened slowly as the gym has grown not only are there more powerlifters, there are just more people interested in learning the powerlifts or having their powerlifts integrated into their training. So I can, don't always have, like, I can walk in some days and, oh, great. The gym is empty. I know um, 
I think I've talked about Amy Sam from IG being in my gym now sometimes. She texted me today from the gym and she was, there's nobody here. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. on days like that, you really can walk in and do whatever you want. Right. But with a small gym the size we have been until very recently, when people, when it's full, it's full. Mm-hmm. Fuck your life and fuck your training. Right. You're sharing with three or four people, mm-hmm. which sometimes means, no, you cannot do 14 sets of anything or 10 right. sets of anything because right. sometimes it just doesn't work. And I've had to learn to be flexible about all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I know there are videos that are really funny to watch now of me. I don't fit into most bench gym benches. My arms are just too short. I mm-hmm. am just too short. And mm-hmm. there are some hilarious videos of me trying to adjust to that by having a very tall man and very strong man take unrack the entire weight and hold it like he's about to row it. Mm-hmm. And then shift the weight to me while I'm trying to get into this setup because without actually being able to reach the bar. It's all very funny. And this taught mm-hmm. me to how to deal with really bad handoffs and all kinds of things. But right. I've had to learn how to be flexible, really, really flexible. And that's one of the things also, and this is something I think for advanced lift- lifters to think about. It's something that matters to me now in finding a coach. Mm-hmm. It's being able to say to them, look, I need something that you can give me that if I walk in on a Monday and I look around and I'm like, nope. I can either shift another day in or right. this is adjustable because if you've got me set up in this really rigid form, I don't have a life where I can, co- where if I miss my morning workout, I'm not going to make it back to the gym before right. they close at 6 Or I'll just time. wait two hours for the squat rack. Right. Nah, no, bruh. I have a job. So <laughs> right. that's one of those things now that I'm a little bit more advanced that I'm a little mm-hmm. more comfortable saying <laughs> boundary. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it is, I think, developing that ability to adapt, but also understanding sometimes that you need to be able to express that you need to be able to be flexible Mm -hmm. in your training plan because Mm -hmm. i have been playing around for myself um and programming myself for the last uh almost it'll be a year in i think july and that is one of the good things that has come out of it is learning how to okay this is my plan for the week especially with me focusing on bench and being able to say okay i intended to do volume today but that's not going to happen so what we're going to do is move this here and move that there and move this there but yeah it is really important because you can't just get stuck yeah and have a panic attack (laughs) the other thing too um where this comes into play and again this is going to i think spill over into some of our other um areas of do's and don'ts but i think flexibility is really important in two ways as well um with respect to yourself i think it's important that you understand that okay you know this is what works for me um you know with respect to to nutrition this many calories this 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 amount of cardio blah 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 right but let's just say that a year goes by and those things don't work. You you can't if you continue to stick to that um, paradigm of but 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 this is what works for me or this is what the you know current trend is in training and continue to do that even though it doesn't work for you. You're really setting yourself back. I will give you an example. So you know when I again kind of took a break from um, competing in bodybuilding. Um, and you know came back to it you know things had started to shift to the extent that it wasn't all about you know doing all the cardio and eating very little it was now was almost this complete continuum you know pendulum shift to we don't do any cardio ever and (laughs) you know all of the calories and we still get lean and da 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 right so you're thinking you know okay well that must be the way to go well you know when i did start you know uh, getting ready or getting ready to prep for, you know, uh, the bodybuilding, I was 
like kind of freaked out because I couldn't do that. Like I was just not one of those babes that was like, I can get lean and do no cardio or do five minutes. Like, I mean, I wasn't overdoing it, but I definitely had to do more than, you know, sort of what was the prescribed amount at that point. And even calorically, you know, I had to take my shit a little bit lower to see results. And I was really upset because I was like, there's something wrong with me. I'm doing it wrong, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I really just had to stop one day and go, no, this is this is you this is your reality it's not right or wrong it's just what works for you and it you know just because so and so and so and so it works for them they have a different body they have different genetic like you have to learn i think how to you know be flexible in that respect too that just because the current science says that you know intermittent fasting or paleo or this <laughs> and you do these things and they work for those people that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you and that doesn't mean that it's bad or you're doing it wrong it just means that's not what works for you um and in that same vein i think it's really important to be flexible and to not be dogmatic when you are dealing with other people and maybe folks that are you know newer to you know the strength sports or lifting or just fitness in general and I think there's this tendency for people to be very dogmatic about what works for them right you are either like your team vegan or your team paleo or your team keto blah 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 blah. and you you know it's almost like someone being a born again you know yes Christian it's it's like like. everybody got to be born again now that I am you know and first of all that's so obnoxious and second of all just because someone chooses to do something different like you can't you can't let that, um, you know, impact you. It's almost like, because I, I look at it like this when I see that happening on, on, you know, social media particularly. I'm like, if you are so confident in what you're doing and it working for you, then you really wouldn't feel the need to knock anybody else for their methods. So that says to me that you are insecure about what it is that you're doing. Right. Because if it works for you and you're staying in your lane, don't worry about what somebody else is doing or whether or not they're doing something differently. Um, And so I think, you know, a lot of times when you find that path to to, you know, enlightenment, whatever that might be um, (laughs) after years and years and years of training and experimenting and, you know, with your food and all these other things, you tend to be very rigid and not come away from and be like, well, you know, and the same thing with sports too. Well, CrossFit is the way in the light. Well, okay, that's great. But that doesn't mean that bodybuilding sucks or that doesn't mean that powerlifting is trash, you know, and it's the same thing. And I mean, I will admit, you know, there were different aspects where I was very much like, oh, this is what everybody needs to do. And I don't do that anymore. You know, people come to me now and talk to me about what's the best way to do this? What's the best way to get in shape? I always tell them first and foremost, find something that you love mm-hmm. and do that. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not one anymore to push power. I mean, I think strength sports are great. And I think that it's a great way for women to get engaged and get fit and, you know, have confidence. But for some people, that's just not their thing. I have very close friends and they are like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, they support <laughs> me, but they want no parts of it. And it's fine. I always just let them know, yo, if you ever want to, you know, come over to the dark side, I'm happy to have you, but I'm not going to not be their friend or judge them because they choose to play tennis or do Pilates or yoga or do fucking nothing like that's their choice right so I think um, it's really important to kind of take a step back as you know someone who's got more experience as a more seasoned lifter and to realize that your way is not the only way and I think it's equally important to remember that especially if you are someone like I was and I think Brie you probably are in a similar position I started this entire lifting thing not necessarily the powerlifting part really young i was 22 i think when i started going to the gym and lifting weights 
what my body needs at 22 is not what my body or what my body needs at almost 38 is not exactly. what my body needed at 22 and i often see these these girls who are online coaches even the ones who are well qualified online coaches who only know the way they eat and they mm-hmm. are so exactly attached, or the way they train right and what they start to realize and and i always get concerned because i think and we talked a little bit, a bit about this with Chrissy. I think it's easy when, especially in your 20s, it's really easy. You can be a complete clusterfuck in your 20s. Right. And it'll work. Of course. Because <laughs> you're and 20. Because you're 20-something. Your body responds, especially if you're new to it. Your right. body will respond well to almost anything at 20-something. I basically starved myself to death and lifted weights, and I looked freaking amazing. Right. If right. I did that, now I'd end up in the hospital. Exactly. And just like I used to be able to be really narrow with my foods mm-hmm. and be just fine mentally. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in my late 20s, I realized that mentally no longer works for me. So I think right. part of being an advanced lifter is realizing that you, because I see so many of these girls, and I know we definitely talked about this with mm-hmm. this whole, well, you just don't want it badly enough. Girl, As don't even get me started on that. you get older, it is really easy to say, I would have told people that at 20-something, too. Of course. Yeah. Oh, well, if you're not willing to eat oatmeal, broccoli, grilled chicken breasts, and mm-hmm. rice mm-hmm. for all your meals, and maybe a steak occasionally, you clearly don't want it badly enough. Yeah, right. okay. That's really realistic when I have to go to a, a work lunch or a work dinner or mm-hmm. I have a date or... Yeah, there are ways to plan for contingencies, but real life changes as you get older. And I think that is another one of those things. And as as an advanced lifter, if you intend to stay in the game for a really long time, you're going to have to learn longevity. And part of longevity is dealing and sustainability is dealing with the reality of life as it is in that moment. Right. Not... Well, at 25, this is what worked. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm right. sure you felt great because at 25, you can be a selfish bastard. And exactly. Make everybody Assuming you, miserable. you know, you just have to worry about yourself and you don't have a, you know, husband or kids or anything like that. Yeah, it's easy to be like, you know, if if you want it bad enough, you'll be at the gym all day. Bitch, I got to pay bills. Right. Like, what are you even saying? So, yeah, I, I definitely think. But I think, like you said, that's definitely something that comes, you know, hopefully with age and maturity. Um, and if it does, that's a whole other issue that you need to look at. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if you don't should make changes, I mean, really, if you're not willing to make changes to your life, um, you're something is going to eventually happen to force you to make those changes. To ma- exactly, exactly. Um, and and kind of getting into that um, sort of brings me to the next big point and a uh, you know thing that seems to come up a lot with folks that have been doing this a while is um, and and this is also in the um, T Nation list as well ego and thinking that you are better than other people hunty we could spend the entire rest of the episode on this yes but um it's just really interesting how you know and again you know you look at i think it just it's so much more glaring now because of social media but you know there are really these lifters out here who really feel like they are superior to other people based upon the amount of weight that they're pushing. And I just find it amazing. And I mean, that's fine. Like, you know, if you are incredibly talented and you're an athlete and all of that, like no one's saying don't celebrate yourself and don't be proud of your accomplishments. But the fact that you feel like you have the right to and you're entitled to judge other people based upon that, it's just crazy to me. 
you know, I mean, first of all, like I said, you know, let's go back to the, the basic tenant that, you know, for most of us, this is a hobby. Like this is something that we picked up to do because we had a passion for it or we enjoyed it or whatever. Like not a whole lot of folks, there's a very small percentage of folks that are making a living competing. Now, you know, that doesn't, that's different than coaching. I mean, that's totally different. You absolutely, you know, can can make a sustainable living doing that, I imagine. But actually competing in whether it be powerlifting meets or strongman meets or, you know, even bodybuilding, which, you know, tends to be a little bit more prevalent. You know, there are, you know, some of the shows have purses and things like that. But for the most part, people just do this because they love to do it or they get into it for whatever reason. So it, it really just confounds me why people feel like they they have the right to just be assholes and it's one <laughs> thing and I mean it's one thing to be like an asshole like if somebody tries to you know ask you a question or you're online again sort of spouting how amazing you are but to like actually be like in person in a gym and just generally be a dick like I don't right. get it and you know I know we've had this conversation before but you know and I know we've all had that experience where you know you go to the gym and you know you're doing your thing and you may be a newbie or you may be somebody who you know is pretty regular or whatever and then that little click comes in or that crew and they're like you know walking around and they're like throwing all their shit around and they're hogging all the equipment and they're you know they'll do one lift and look around to see who's looking at them or you, <laughs> you know you see them pointing and you know talking shit about other people and it's just like okay first of all sweetie it's just weightlifting like it's right. not serious you know you're not you're not solving you know you any haven't sort of solved any issues problems, no. you haven't cured cancer like it's really not that serious um and i think sometimes when you and and so this is like a double-edged sword i know we sword i know we had mentioned this before but like i think there's two things that contribute to that one of it is you know like i said just that person sort of whatever you know getting really good at something and kind of letting it get to their head and letting their egos get to them but the other part of it too that i think that feeds into this is that there just seems to be this whole like um hero worship this, this yes oh my god it is just crazy to see right there's this whole hero worship putting people on pedestals you see it all the time like you know and it may and sometimes it's interesting because it may not even be the actual athlete that's like you know feeling themselves but you have these people that like literally it doesn't matter what they say they could come on and be like you Fuck know everybody and their mamas and you know, right like, and oh my, like, oh my god that's so awesome i just did that too i totally agree with you omg you know you're so special you're blah, so blah 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 and I don't know if it's just and it's almost like they're like dying for, you know, that person to acknowledge them or, you know, respond to them and they're in their, you know, post and all this other stuff. And I don't know if it's this matter of, you know, again, you know, tr getting your self-esteem from external forces or feeling. And this is the other thing, too, like when you go to these events and things and I mean, cool to you know take picture you see somebody that you you know you've admired or you know whatever you dig them and you take a picture with them whatever but it's just really it, i noticed that a lot at the arnold and it's like so you do realize that you know by being all up under this person or you know having the bragging right of saying that you know them it's not gonna prove your lips at all right, right? like their their athleticism and their you know whatever that is that they have 
that's not gonna rub off on you and the thing is is that at the end of the day it's great to be a fan of someone i know there are certain female lifters that would i like to reach the level they have in the sport yep sure and the ones who are nice enough to give advice which several of them are are nice enough to give advice i'll take advice right but i'm not fangirling there's a difference between you know saying i am a fan and i would love to see myself make the same kind of progress she has i wonder how she did that and learning from their their journey and how they train that's one thing it's another Mm -hmm. thing to blindly follow someone who is an asshole right just because you think by knowing them that you'll be a big deal it's gonna it's gonna improve your street cred so to speak right like you have street cred now because you're visible with that person and i think full disclosure um what we were talking about here happened to me very recently Mm -hmm. uh we as my gym has gotten a little bit more visible on social media, things like that, we don't have, and we've talked about this on the show before, we don't have a lot of strength training or strength and conditioning gyms in Georgia, period. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, especially inside the city of Atlanta, so everyone who's into the strength sports here is always looking for a gym to work out at. And I think mine is probably one of the more friendly gyms, but the thing is, is it's a different kind of a gym. We do have a wide range of people who train there. We have high school athletes, we have grandmas. I mean, there's a lady in there who has gotta be old enough to be my grandmother, who's in there killing it with, mm-hmm. you know, doing farmer's walks with kettlebells and things. And it's a it's a huge range of people who we see in there. It's not just powerlifters, it's not just weightlifters, it's not just people who are holding ro- world records. and very recently i came in on a weekend and i've been going here for about almost a year now and it was just a different feeling and a lot of that feeling was attributed to there was a new group of people who had pulled exactly what brie described what brie described Mm -hmm. where they came in they slung their shit all over the place they had taken over quite literally half of the gym because this is before we started being able to kind of work in the expansion area Mm -hmm. and were making it very uncomfortable for most of us to be able to train Mm -hmm. and I one of the things that I try to I don't want to say pride myself on that's not really the right word for it but I think that's all I can come up with right now is as a female lifter I don't I know I am not all that strong I'm not holding anybody's world records or anybody's American records or hell anybody's state records but as someone who's been doing this for a while a lot of times when I'm in the gym especially if I'm benching women just kind of were like whoa what the hell mm-hmm. <laughs> and i don't even mean that in an egotistical way and I, I mean that in a i'm a new lifter what are you doing we had a girl who came in recently she is adorable and i think she's she's really young she's probably in college and we often end up training adjacent to each other and one and one day she just kind of looked at me and she said i just started powerlifting and i just like being able to watch you bench and i was like whoa whoa, whoa don't don't say that i said anything i'm doing back here you can do too it i've been doing this this is like two years worth of work and 10 mm-hmm. years 15 20 years before that of just general lifting but there's nothing here i'm doing that you can't do because right. i don't like that hero worship thing yeah then yeah we get yeah this group that comes in and they very clearly this is your first day in the gym i know for a fact because i know who these people are they have a social media presence have kind of they they gym hop so they don't necessarily mm-hmm. even intend to be there forever and ever amen they haven't invested in the people and it just was interesting to watch them not socialize with anybody that they didn't size up as a lifter worth their time not smile at people not be friendly not speak i always say especially if i see other women in the gym i make a point to 
smile, say hello, wave something. Right. So that that person feels welcome because I know I don't always feel welcome to a new gym. You know, and not because mm-hmm. anyone needs to make me feel welcome, but you don't like, no one likes to walk into some place and everybody's just kind of sighing, like, what are you doing here? Right. Who are you? Right. And so to have someone who's new to the gym and you're a woman and you walk by my rack four separate times and every single time you don't even make eye contact. Right. You can't nod. I don't want to have a conversation with you, quite frankly, because I'm training. (laughs) Well, and you know, and here's the other thing too. Like, I don't like even to, to, to look at it from a different perspective, like, you know, you are well within your right to go in, not talk, focus, train and leave. But you need to be respectful of other people. That's the issue that I have. It's one thing, like you said, to go in and, you know, be funky or because you never know what people are going through. So maybe somebody's having a bad day. Maybe they got up and they had a headache or the period started or whatever. That's fine. But, you know, you're standing there talking to your, your homie and you got all your shit over the bench. And I'm clearly standing there like, yo, I'm trying to bench right now and you don't move your stuff. Right. Like that's the kind of stuff that gets on my nerves. Or you've made it so uncomfortable. And I think you have to know your environment. And this was the case of that. You can look around that gym on any day. There's never been a time when I've come in and it's just competitive lifters. Right. There are almost always at least there are almost always at least one or two either high school students or mm-hmm. regular people who are in there trying to train. And right. for you to make it so that even I was get I, st- I I was getting messages from people who were kind of like I don't know what the fuck to do. Right. Because they didn't feel I mean I I purposely kind of you know I you know me I like to observe things. Yeah. I sat back and watched and people were afraid to go and chalk up because mm-hmm. the chalk bucket was on the side of the room. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a damn that, shame. And those kinds of things, just when you're an advanced lifter, whether it means that you're competitive or you've just been in the game for a while, don't be that person. Right. And here's the thing in anyone's gym, that I find... someone else's. Right. The, here's the thing that I find so interesting about that. Like, And I think, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, we were talking about it offline, but if you really look at it, like when you look at the people that are truly elite athletes in this sport, they tend to be some of the most humble, gracious, kind people out there. Mm-hmm. When you look at the people that kind of have this funky attitude, they tend to be, you know, okay to mediocre. So it's like, but what is you doing? Like you, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's I find that whose entire existence is dependent upon them being a yes, 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 yes. Which is another point I'm going to come to. But, um, but yeah, like I mean, just you know. And again, I think we all have to remember that we all started from somewhere. We all started from ground zero. Very few people enter into these types of hobbies knowing all the things, having perfect form, being able to lift, you know, three times their body weight the first time out the gate. Like it, that just usually doesn't happen. And so I think it's really important to, you know, remember that and be kind and just, you know, remember what it, have empathy, remember what it was like to be starting out and to see somebody who clearly they have no fucking idea what they're doing. And they're maybe they're terrified of being in the weight rack or whatever. And just being like, Hey, you know, what's up? How are you? Whatever. Like it goes a long way, you know? And it's just like, at the end of the day, nobody gives a shit what your totals are. If your Wilkes are like, are you a decent human being? Like, exactly. I think that's really, you know, what it boils down to. Exactly. So. Because honestly, and this is, I, it's something I've watched happen over the years. 
one of these days, social media is going to cease to be important. It may not happen today, may not happen tomorrow, but at some point, it'll cease to be important. And for those of us who are old as fuck, as Bree and I are, we existed before. Wait, why you gotta throw me up in there? Because we old as fuck together. We we are okay, fine. We are pre-social media. This is true. This is true. I remember when none of this, all of this powerlifting thing, even if we had gotten into it, right? Nobody gave a fuck. Why? Because there was no way to know what anybody was lifting except the day of the meet. And if you weren't at the meet, you didn't know. And I mean, quite frankly. If, if you really want to get down to it, even to this day, sort of outside of that immediate circle of folks who follow powerlifting, don't nobody, don't nobody give care. a shit about this. Don't nobody care. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. Like when, if I post something on my regular Facebook page, you know, that my friends and family um, are on, they not going to know or care whether I'm, you know, squatting two pounds or 250 <laughs> pounds it means absolutely nothing to them they they are impressed either way just because i'm doing it right so i think again it's important to have that perspective too like you know kind of outside of this you know sort of immediate circle i mean most people don't know what the hell this is anyway right and if you're if you i think that's why for so many people they cling so desperately to this world is that if you've especially when you're younger because I don't see this a lot in older athletes. I just don't. Right. I've never seen mm-hmm. an older athlete act like this. It's yes. usually young ones who don't have a, younger ones who don't have an act, a lot of actual street cred to their name when it comes right. to lifting. Who or they just have this like. Or, and I've, I even saw some a couple of people say this. I just want to be good at something. Yeah, they just need it's something. Like, whoa, well, whoa! Cultivate. You need to something check yourself. else in your life. Yeah, because. This is- there is a guy I train with sometimes at my gym on Saturdays. He trains constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude is strong. I, I, I don't even know how to describe how strong this kid is, but he's mm-hmm. super crazy, stupid strong. He's a champion powerlifter. I'm sure he's well on his way to being a champion weightlifter. Mm-hmm. And he's young. He's 18 or 19 years old. Right. But he's actually a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you talk mm-hmm. to him, and on the weekends that it's sometimes just me in there right. with him, we do dumb stuff like, well, who can squat the lowest barefoot and see if see whose butt touches the ground? See, can you squat right. Like, And we're being silly about it. It's right. lighthearted. Right. It's fun. You know, we tease mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. But I also have seen just as many other places when I've gone to other gyms, or I see these young guys who desperately want to be what this kid is. Right. Who have built themselves up in their heads and they cling so tightly to mm-hmm. well powerlifting is the one thing i'm good at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what happens when and it's something that i'm very conscious of when i when i look at the sport as a whole everybody can set a record someday in mm-hmm. theory at least mm-hmm. we all potentially could set a record but the thing is records exist to be broken broken exactly so if your record is what you cling to to make your life okay as an advanced lifter because the thing is it's very rare that a beginner lifter is setting records which Mm -hmm. is why it's coming up as an advanced lifter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you cling so tightly to that that you can't imagine your life without being able to introduce yourself as hi i'm so and so i hold the records for this 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 and this you're going to have a really hard time if you're exactly. powerlifting or weightlifting or CrossFit or right. whatever else career comes to an end. Right. Because right. then who are you? Exactly. And so exactly. Th- this goes back to the flexibility thing. It's not just mm-hmm. flexibility about your training and flexibility about your diet, but the flexibility to have a life. Right. Yep. 
That's true. Because That's true. there are a lot of lifters, and I, you know, I, I sometimes hear older lift male lifters, especially those who were in powerlifting before there was social media to make powerlifting popular, mm-hmm. who kind of call them social media lifters. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what happens? What happened? What would happen? Would you still be a lifter if no one, if no one liked your pictures and your right videos? Right, and then you know how they say if if you didn't if you didn't video it you know or selfie it it didn't it didn't happen right you know and i it's so funny because i've slowed down on posting my lifts because quite mm-hmm. frankly how many times do you really want to watch me watch me bench not that exactly. many i don't even want to watch myself bench all the time and <laughs> exactly but i think it's so funny because there are so many people who every lift they do mm-hmm. we see their entire workout every single day mm-hmm mm-hmm why and it looks exactly and i love when they post progress pick girl you look the exact fucking same what are you talking about stop it yeah. stop it yeah and it's just that whole you know um validation thing just clothed in a different costume you and know? as an advanced lifter just i encourage all of us to get a life right and when i say that i mean get up literally leave the gym right Go make some friends who don't know anything about lifting and quite frankly don't give a fuck if you ever lift another barbell again. Right. Go read a book about something that's not training. Go see a movie. Right. Go eat a pizza without thinking about the macros. Exactly. Figure out a career that isn't necessarily coaching, even if that's what you want to do. Explore something that isn't coaching. Right. Because right. quite frankly, not everybody's meant to be a coach. Exactly. <laughs> but really exactly. get a life. Yeah. get a life yeah, yeah. get a life so um kind of the next thing that came up too with with respect to um you know being more advanced in your lifting is is doing all or nothing and i think that's a really common pitfall for um a lot of folks and it's almost and you you kind of touched on this a little while ago when you said you know in some of your programming it was literally like 90 minutes you know two and a half hours three hours and so let's say you wake up late or you're not feeling well or you just run out of time you know it's almost for some people it's almost this this you know sort of thought of well i can't go in and do 95 sets of bench so i'm just not going to go to the gym right um and i think you know because the more advanced you get and the more you sort of get into you know whatever your particular sport is or you know being an athlete you know you tend to be a workhorse and you tend to be very focused and you tend to you know sort of say this is what i need to do and i'm going to accomplish it but again life happens and i think you have to you know be okay with doing something if that's the choice that you make right and prime example so i guess this was last week sometime and i i don't know what happened why i ended up waking up late anyway you know there's a certain time i wake up i have it timed you know down to the millisecond when i get to the gym how much time i have to 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 complete my leg workout and right now i'm doing kind of a hybrid of you know you know, a couple of power movements, so heavy squats and, um, you know, heavy deadlifts and then a bunch of accessory movements. And it takes me a while to move through it. I mean, it's like five sets of squats, but, you know, when you start getting into 85%, 90% of your one rep max, you ain't gonna, you, you ain't rushing through that. Mm. So, you know, with, for whatever reason, my time had run out and I had to get home and I was like, fuck, right? And so I was like, you know what? 
I'm gonna go ahead and get the power, you know, the power lifts done. So I got that taken care of. And then I had time for like three or four accessory movements. And instead of, you know, three or four or five sets, I did like two sets of each and I bounced, right? Was it ideal? No. <laughs> did I get my cardio done? No. But you know, to me, it was like, okay, well, either you do that, or you just go home and don't do anything. Or you just stand there and look stupid and cry because you can't get your whole work. <laughs> right. So I cry. think, right. And I think, I, I think sometimes, again, we forget that, like, we're, we tend to be such, you know, perfectionists, like we got to get, you know, we got to put in 110% all the time, or it's, it doesn't matter, or it's not worth it. And I just think that's, not necessarily the most productive attitude. I think sometimes we tend to forget that a lot of what we do is there's small incremental things that lead up to big things, right? So if you're, you know, preparing for a meet or, you know, again, when I was bodybuilding or, you know, you're getting ready to do the CrossFit Open, whatever, you know, each little pebble that you put towards that foundation builds up your foundation right now obviously if you are you know in heavy and meat prep and you're you know three or four weeks out you do want to try to stick to your programming as much as possible but even then sometimes shit just happens you know and you can't let that like you can't let everything fall apart because of that and I think like I said I noticed that more with folks that are more savvy about either they do their own programming or they're they have programming that they're following very closely um, and I think we just have to give ourselves the room to say it's okay not to follow the program right um, you know now obviously you know weeks and weeks and weeks of not following the program will probably set you back right and whether that's nutritionally or you know in you know in the actual gym you know but it's okay life's gonna go on you know the sun's still gonna rise tomorrow if you don't get in you know 98 sets of bench it's really fine yep. so and i think also it's important to um model that same behavior for you know for these folks who quote unquote want to inspire i think it's really important that they allow people to see the human side of them, right? Because if you approach it, you know, and your social media persona is, you know, I'm a machine. If you're not doing it 100%, no days off, no excuses, blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, you're going to have these people that are trying to get into this sport and because they don't have the same setup as you, whether it be family or, you know, they're just not their strength and endurance wise, they're going to get frustrated and quit. Right. And if your whole thing is to get more people involved in the sport, then why would you not show them the good, the bad and the ugly? Right. And I think it's hard sometimes for, you know, particularly more advanced people to do that, because, again, you have all these people looking up to you and you're this and you're that. And you don't want to show the, you know, the blooper reels and all of that. But I think it's really important that people see that you're human. Um, You know, so I think that's really, really important sometimes to not have this, you know, zero to 100 attitude all the time. It's exhausting. And quite frankly, it's what leads to injuries. Yes. And burnouts. Yeah. No one likes to talk about that, but it's the truth. You at some point, especially as you get older right have to develop the ability to say my body says no i had one of those moments this morning i get pretty severe migraines they're hormonal so they happen about once a month (laughs) right and i can usually train my way through them but this morning i sat up Mm -hmm. i got up i walked the dogs the entire time i'm walking the dogs the earth is spinning around me it was really kind of fun for a while then i was like i feel like i might pass out so let's go back in the house and I got dressed like I was going to go to the gym and I realized first of all I'm supposed to be deadlifting today deadlifting when the earth is spinning underneath your feet isn't going to work probably not a good idea 
that means I also can't bench and I'm right now push pull is my focus. Mm -hmm. I I clearly can't lay down and stare at the ceiling while the world is spinning around me. Right. It's a good way to die. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) I had, I kind of had to do like, you know, tap out and say, I can't even drive correctly. I wasn't even sure that I would be able to drive, but sometimes, but I know at maybe five to 10 years ago, it would have been, I'm going to go and I'm going to push through this and I'm going to, and then I probably would have dropped the bar on my neck and been out of the game for the next mm-hmm. five weeks. Mm-hmm. But I really do think that there is a danger to that mentality that is put out there by so many of these highly visible lifters of, yeah, I've got to be there. I've got to get it in. I've got, right. it's sometimes okay to say, you know what? I can't, I right. can't today. No, yeah. you shouldn't skip an entire three weeks without kind right. of, making it's one thing to make a conscious decision to change not train i have definitely made conscious decisions to say i am not going to train for two weeks i have yeah or if you're moving or you know you're trying to deal with a you know family emergency or just whatever yeah absolutely i mean like i said obviously you want to you know think about that if you're you know and and maybe sort of retool what your goal might be if you're in literally in the heat of of meat prep but you know most folks are just kind of getting into it or just doing it because they want to do it and it's some people have taken months off from the gym and, and honestly you're not going to lose that much you know if you have been consistent up until that point you know and it's kind of like that whole thing about um you know one you know one good meal isn't going to make you you know skinny although you know we hate to use that and one bad meal isn't going to make you fat basically exactly. same thing with the training you know one off training session isn't going to you know um eliminate all your gains and one you know overdoing training session isn't going to make you the king of the world no, so as much as i know. would like to turn into ray lewis overnight that's just not how wouldn't that, that be amazing yeah so yeah you know just just chill and it's fun. like again i think it's just one of those things that happens when you know with with age maturity and perspective you just re- recognize that nothing is ever that serious um so you know that's always a good point to bring up and then the other thing too um that came up was um and i and again this is something i've kind of had to you know really check myself on just especially transitioning from one you know, sl- sport slash hobby to another and kind of seeing the changes in my body because of that. And that's really um, prioritizing your training over your, I don't like to use the word diet, but nutrition, right? So let's just say, for example, you know, you've got whatever your specific goal is, whether that's to burn fat or lose weight, build muscle, get strong or whatever. Um, you know, if you have, let's say you, you hit a stopping point. Um, for most people, if they hit a stopping point with their progress, and I think this becomes particularly um, common with, you know, let's say you, your, your goal is to lose body fat, and they hit a plateau or stopping point, or the scale kind of starts going in the opposite direction, I think the instinct for a lot of people is to throw more training at it, um, or to throw more, you know, cardio or whatever the case may be, when really you kind of need to take a step back and look at your nutrition. And I think most people just don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, And so I think it's really important, again, especially as you become more advanced, you know, you get a little bit more slack about tracking your macros or, you know, whatever that particular type of protocol is you're following for your nutrition or diet, you know, because you kind of feel like, oh, I got this. I can kind of eyeball it. I can do this. I can do that. And most times you can, but if you have a specific goal in mind, you know, and you're you know a little bit more lax then it becomes easier to kind of you know for things to kind of backslide a little bit and you know 
a lot of people, their first thing is, oh, okay, well, let me add some more cardio. Well, let me add some sprints. Well, you know, let me throw in another hypertrophy day or, you know, all. And it's like, no, boo, you need to go look at the, you need to get back into my fitness pal and you need to see what the hell you've been eating. Um, and actually so I weigh it and measure instead of just Exactly. Eyeballing. And I've been, listen, I'm going through that, you know, it's like, oh God, I don't want to track, but I know in order to kind of see where things are you you got to look at that data you got to look at that hard and raw data so i think for a lot of people that have been in the game for a while they kind of tend to forget those things and they you know look at one thing over the other so it's like no don't do more squats before you start (laughs) looking at you know fork to mouth that exercise and see what's going on there also on the flip side of that is realizing and i think this is a super important one i've had a conversation with somebody about this behind the scenes lately is that theoretically if you're doing it right you are supposed to weigh more so exactly if you've been training like i have since 2002 Mm -hmm. i can no longer weigh 125 pounds and look remotely healthy Right. There's no way in hell. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. At 125 pounds, I look like a dying bikini competitor. I don't even right. look like a good bikini competitor. I look like a dying bikini competitor. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing is that I think sometimes people, as we get more advanced, we forget. And sometimes you need progress pictures to do this. You need. Yeah. Sometimes you need someone else with a better eye than you than you for your reality check. It's different for all of us. Like, yeah, I know now I would I know what number on the scale I like to see. Right. That's that scale number no longer is even remotely possible for me. Right. For me to have a normal life. Yeah. I either am going to be one of those people that never goes out to eat, never eats anything that doesn't come out of Tupperware, <laughs> never has yeah. a drink. Yeah. Or I'm and I'm gonna weigh that number, or I'm going to be slightly heavier. Right. And be able to exist in a normal world. And I think right. what people forget is if you're doing it right, over the course of five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, you're going to weigh more. There right. is no it's way just, to, to it's called evolution. Yeah, there's no way to constantly be putting on muscle because most of us do go through cycles where we're either trying to get stronger or we're doing right hypertrophy workouts where you're deliberately putting on muscle and eating enough to put on muscle. You can't I look at my pictures from when I started lifting when the first time I ever really leaned out mm-hmm. and what I thought were my big shoulders. People used to tell me my shoulders are huge all the time. Right. They're like two little skeleton bones. Right. Right. If I lean out now, my shoulders really are really big for com- right. com- compared to what they look like back then. So there's no physical. I can look at what my lean now looks like compared to what mm-hmm. my lean then mm-hmm. looks like. There's no way I can still weigh 125. Yeah. Pounds. And it's not good or bad. It's just different. It's just different. You know, and, and I think that's. Yeah, I like I said, I've I've really been, you know, kind of looking at that. And and I did get to the point where I was like, well, you know, maybe this is just where you should be right now. And that might change in six months. It might change in a year. It might be 10 more pounds. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you're not always going to look and weigh the same all the time throughout the course of your life. I mean, there are those certain people that are like, I've, you know, I've weighed 115 pounds for the last 40 years. And, and that's great. Right. not weight training people. So right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, like I said before, and this goes again, back to flexibility. I was like, shit, I'm just gonna buy some bigger pants and keep it moving, you know, because it was just like <laughs> fretting about it and, you know, wearing stuff that's uncomfortable and getting in fact, oh, I'm gonna get, you know, and maybe I will, I don't know. But you know, you, you just got to try to just again, you know, 
look at where you are right now. What's what are the best protocols for where you are right at this very moment? Don't look at I'm trying to eat like, you know, I was when I was at my happy weight 10 years ago. I'm trying to train the way I wanted to when I looked a certain way, because maybe you're not supposed to look and weigh that. Right. at this given point in time you mm. know at whatever age you might happen to be or you had a baby or this or that or the other and again it's not you know you can look at your body at different points in life and one's not necessarily better than the other in some ways it's just different exactly and something to take into consideration and i don't have any concrete recommendations for anyone but i know a thing that comes a lot in the strength sports and i hear honestly i hear powerlifters manipulating this way more than weightlifters even though i know weightlifters do it too Mm-hmm. is the idea of a weight class and mm. sometimes you have to stop chasing the weight class i know mm-hmm. a lot of us do it because of setting records i know for a fact that if i were to be chasing a certain record in the state at least it's way easier to hit if i go down like two weight classes <laughs> right if i go back to weighing what i weighed at this time last year it'd be a right. lot easier but it but the thing is is do i really want to diet my weight right is it worth the stress and unhappiness that you'd have to go through to get there right and are you to say that you you know like you said before you set a record or or in whatever and then you tell a normal person that and they just smile and nod like oh that's great and they have no idea what you're talking about right so i think yeah and if you're going to this is how i think about it if you're going to train for a weight class and you're going to diet down for a weight class especially to set records please do it under the watchful eye of a smarter than you coach right because i see a lot of these girls who are saying oh well i'm gonna get down to 110 pounds or 115 pounds Mm -hmm. who walk around at like 135 Mm -hmm. that is a huge change especially in powerlifting to your leverages your strength what you're shaped like overall i know when i'm like it changes everything well and it's mind-blowing to me like you know there's definitely websites that i follow and they you know have the folks kind of write in with little questions about certain things and the advice they are giving people like i you know i want to be at uh you know 52 kilograms and my meat is in two weeks and i'm at 84 what should i do and it's like girl pray and find a later meat and they're like oh you know suck on ice do this and i'm just like who the fuck are these people with this awful ass advice you know unless you are going i just (sighs) always feel like this unless you are going for a world record in something right i just just be smart about when you choose to diet for a weight class i think it's one thing to fluctuate a couple of pounds or a couple of kilos outside of the weight class but i think if you are dropping two entire weight classes every single time you ever meet first of all even with the best of coaches eventually that shit's gonna blow up in your face Mm mm-hmm like eventually it is going to blow up in your face bodies are not meant to fluctuate drastically in you know every 12 weeks they're just not right bodies bodies like like to tend toward the middle they like to be in Mm -hmm. the middle ground if you are constantly swinging back and forth eventually it's going to get harder to get lighter it's going to get harder to make that weight come off and then the next thing you know you're spitting in a cup on the side of the road trying to get out every little bit of your body i mean and what fun is that is it is it meat even fun at that point you know what i mean like i don't know and then i i just feel like you know again you have these people these quote-unquote influential people that are talking about this and cutting and weight classes and all of that when if you don't fucking want to do that it is absolutely yep. okay it is so okay for you to decide you know what this is what i weigh this is the weight class that i'm in i'm gonna go in and rock it where i right where i am that is so okay you don't have you don't have to want to 
be in a certain weight class are cut to get down to a weight class but it's i think sometimes the way that people portray it it's almost like well if you're not you know if you're not trying to fit into a, a lower weight class or some for some people it may even be a higher weight class then you're doing it wrong and it's like no i just don't want to and that's fine that's absolutely fine i just you know i think Again, people need, you know, especially more advanced lifters need to be really careful about the messaging that they put out there because just because it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone else. And I've noticed that again with, um, you know, a certain person that we mentioned before, but I noticed like on all of the posts that I saw, you know, with that whole, you don't want it bad enough and you, you did this and that and the other, and let me, you know, shame you and make you feel bad at the end of that post is want a training plan one of this and it's like mm. oh okay i see what you're doing right make me you feel know? bad so i'll sign up with you exactly or sign up with me and look like me and we all know good and goddamn well that is not possible you know so i just think people just need to be a little bit and, and again it's it's almost like you know things you know you know these effects trickle down so if they see folks kind of at the higher ends or then the upper echelons being more reasonable about kind of what they do then that's going to trickle down to folks that are just getting involved in the sport. And again, it's interesting because you don't see a lot of these very elite, you know, upper echelon strength athletes talking about that stuff that much. And even when they do, it's just a fact. Yeah. It's not this big dramatic thing. It's right. And they're talking about it every other day. And let me show you, let me show you what I'm eating. And, you know, let me, let me show you my, my big toe on the scale. Like nobody gives a shit, you know, they're just in there and they're like, Oh, for these purposes. But yeah, that's because they're going to fucking worlds or, you know, they're competing on the, you know, national us, USA national team. And they need to be at a certain weight. Or they qualified for nationals or what have you at a class. And then, oops, I ate too much over the summer. Right. And they've had experience experience doing it before but just because you see that person doing it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right thing for you to do you know at any given point in time so I think it's just really important to you know always you know and that's with anything whenever I'm kind of you know look up and things have gotten a little out of control I go back to basics I go back and look through you know my my logs you know that from from past you know whatever about kind of where what my training was looking like what my eating was looking like and seeing where things kind of went left and that's always my starting point as opposed to I'm going to do two hours of cardio you know so and um, to go with that it's funny you say that one of the things that I've had to learn over the years and I you mentioned it earlier was that whole culture of doing no cardio yeah I've had to learn something really important over the years you have to be at least I do I have to be really strategic with my cardio because I have an extremely high anyone who's followed me for any amount of time on social media knows I have an extremely high adaptivity to cardio if mm-hmm. you give if I run three times a week I can go from you know doing like a 10 minute mile to like an eight minute mile in about a month and a half right and so for me no I cannot do cardio a lot because what happens I always have to do more more yeah and more because my body adapts to cardio I think it's probably because my initial first sports were all sports where we constantly as part yeah. of training I'm I mean going back to high school where our warm-up was a four to eight mile run when you mm-hmm. start out at 16 with that and 14 and 15 by the time you're you know as long as you've continued to run I've done half marathons over the years things like that Mm-hmm. my conditioning pulls itself together really quickly so no yeah. the burn from that becomes nothing so then the next thing you know it's 20 minutes 30 minutes 40 minutes right so i say that to say as you become a more advanced lifter or a more advanced athlete 
you have to learn how to manipulate things yeah because like it's going to be harder and harder for those same for those same things those same protocols to work the way they did when you were a beginner exactly because i see you know? a lot of girls who and i'm not just talking about strength athletes because most of yeah. us don't like cardio but mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. our friends on the bodybuilding side of the world i yeah. see a lot of them who do a lot of cardio even in the off season you have to yeah. be really careful with that because if you're doing 30 minutes of intense cardio a couple times three four times a week mm-hmm. if you if that is your maintenance place in the off season what happens when you need to get lean right exactly drop your calories over a cliff Mm -hmm, and then you're gonna have mm -hmm. to drastically increase your cardio so you have to learn how to be strategic i actually like cardio i'm one of those sick puppies who likes cardio i've had to even learn how to say okay once a week maybe twice because if you let me i'll run every day Mm-hmm. And then when I need to lean out or I need to get in better shape, I can't because <laughs> I've already right. done too much. So I think one of the things you need to learn is, especially as you become more advanced, is that that baseline thing, it's a really fine dance in the off mm-hmm. season, especially for those of us who've walked over to the bodybuilding side. Right. Sometimes there is something to be said for, okay, I'm going to cut off the cardio for XYZ number of months, or I'm going to reduce it down to once a week because that's the other thing that comes with age mm-hmm, is as mm-hmm. other things in your life start to take priority if you've always done four and five and six hours of cardio as part of your normal life guess who's getting really fat when yep. you have to get a real job yeah because you're never yeah. going to want to cut your calories and this is what brie was talking about with being able to balance out and look at your logs i know when i have looked my best I was cardioing three or four times a week and I'm training for two or three hours at a time and eating a shit ton of food. I look amazing when I do that. But realistically, I don't have time for that right now. Right. I don't have time for that right now. And I encourage other other people who are younger now who plan to stay in the sports for a really long time start to realize that if you ever have to change directions, change your job, change your life. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. If you are doing a shit ton of training right now to maintain a basic level of off of off season fitness, your life is going to be so fucking miserable yeah. when you get older and real life takes over. And yeah. people try to act like real life will. doesn't, but it does. Your life mm-hmm. changes when you have a significant other, your life changes. When you get married, your life changes. When you have kids, your life changes. If you, mm-hmm. if training stops being your job and you have to go to corporate America, heaven forbid, right? your life changes. So yeah. I encourage you not to do the bare minimum, but to figure out what reality looks like for you yeah. and how to make those adjustments over time. Because training for five, for, you know, three hours a day, is just not realistic for the vast majority of people. And if you've maintained that for years and years and years, when you're when real life comes a knocking, your weight's gonna go through the roof. Your ability to maintain some sort of conditioning is gonna go skyrocketing downward. Your ability to maintain right. your strength is gonna go downward. Why? Because mm-hmm. your body's conditioned to only respond to massive amounts of training. Yeah. So as you become more advanced, learn how to what's the word maximize that i'm uh, yes. maximize your training get the mm-hmm. most out of a normal training session if you're in the gym Tra- two or three and four times a day the hell Mm-mm. yeah you need to <laughs> you know that whole train smarter and learn to be more efficient um you know which i think again that's that's something i think that you know a lot more seasoned lifters learn to be after a certain amount of time um and and then so here's a really important one um and i think again this is 
part of that whole, you know, you see it a lot from, I mean, it's really weird because you see it, I think on both ends, you see it from people that are just really getting into it. And then people that are incredibly advanced. And it's the whole, you know, training through injuries, you know, no days off, you know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, how many, again, how many countless times have we seen, you know, with folks in these Instagram accounts, or, you know, asking questions on some of the, you know, powerlifting websites about like, you know, I have fractured my vertebrae, you know, <laughs> what kind of what kind of squats can I do? And you're like, what? You know, Sound. and it's just, there's just like, I'm just, I just want to shake people sometimes. I'm like, sis, there's no, you don't get a gold medal for, you know, you know, at the end of the day, when you're at the pearly gates, you're not going to get it any faster because, you know, you, you know, you did fucking deadlifts with a fractured foot like that. Just it's just that's so stupid. I mean, again, you know, I, I understand, you know, when you sort of get into, you know, whatever it is you're in or, you know, like I said, maybe you're training for a specific, you know, competition or something that's a little bit different. But, you know, give yourself time to heal. Like if you are injured, that is your body telling you, yo, some shit is wrong and we need to fix it, you know. Um, and that, and this is also why, you know, prioritizing recovery is so, so important if you're an athlete, particularly, you know, as a more advanced in, in terms of age lifter, like you got to do that. I mean, I'm to the point now and maybe it's, it's extreme and maybe people think I'm lame, but like, I got a really bad cold a couple of weeks ago and you know, they always say, oh, if it's, you know, above the neck, you can still train if it's below the neck, you know, may listen, I shut all that shit down. <laughs> I could not, my throat was sore. I was exa- I was like, Mm-mm. I was literally in the bed for three days because I was like, you know what? I need to, to, to nip this in the bud right now so that when I, when I do get back, I'm a hundred percent and I can get back into it. But like, you know, when you're like half well, half sick, or, you know, you got all these injuries and you're you, like, and you think, you know, you're getting props and you're so you know, great because you're training through this or that or the other, but you're just putting yourself further and further away from your goal. Like sit your ass down somewhere. You know, it, I don't understand what it is about a lot of these folks that make them feel like, you know, I've been training for a year and I need, you know, I should know all the things and be, have all the strength and have all the gain. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. It just kind of makes me shake my head. Um, you know, and I think it's really important. And like I said, I think because we're so used to, you know, as you get more advanced and, you know, more savvy about training, and especially if you become a competitive athlete, you know, you do become a workhorse. And it's like, well, the most important thing is that I need to get this training done, or I need to reach this, you know, weight by this point in time or this percentage of my one rep max. And it's like, well, no, you need to get some rest. Um, or particularly if you're injured, you need to go through physical therapy and get 100% before you jump back into it. And then don't just jump back into to it, you know, gradually work your, you know, the thing that I've learned about, you know, throughout this journey, and again, that's in bodybuilding, that's in powerlifting, whatever, is that you're always going to be starting from ground zero at some point. And that's okay. You know, usually when you've built up a good solid foundation and base, it it doesn't take you very long to kind of get back to where you were. But the important thing is you have to try and build back up to that like when you try to just jump right back into it you you're not doing yourself any favors and i this goes back to the flexibility related to this i think everybody knows i had a hysterectomy and when i had that surgery i canceled that surgery i don't even know Bree, how many times did i call my doctor and threaten to cancel it because i was afraid i was never going mm-hmm. to lift again yep. and i quite literally called i think my doctor the day before my surgery and said you know what never mind because I was willing mm-hmm. to spend the rest of my life bleeding. Yeah. To avoid 
not ever being able to, because I'd read so many stories about people who never went back to lifting after they had the mm-hmm. surgery I had. And I'll be honest, I probably will never squat again. Like, I will mm-hmm. probably never squat heavyweight again, short of some miracle happening in the next, I don't know, year. Um, but the thing is, is that I can still lift. I can still do something, but I, it yep. took... I had to take, I had to follow exactly what my doctor told me to do. I had to mm-hmm. sit my ass down for, I think, two or three weeks. I could only mm-hmm. walk slowly. It was really funny because I didn't tell anybody I had surgery. And I remember coming back to the gym and uh, they all thought there was something really wrong with me. Like, I'd lo- like, I know the rumor for a really long time was that I had gotten breast implants. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I had breast implants. It was that my waist looked so much smaller because I no longer had a giant baby tumor in my stomach. Mm-hmm. But everybody thought mm-hmm. I'd gotten breast implants and that's why I wasn't training. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Right. Because nobody wanted to ask me the question. But that's what everybody thought. And I had mm-hmm. to walk in slow motion on the, the treadmill and ride the yeah. bike. And I, even when I did come back, I don't think I've hit... When I finally got back and put the bar on my back to squat, I had to relearn how to squat from scratch. And I still yeah. don't feel right squatting. And so mm-hmm. sometimes we have to be prepared for, yeah, things happen yeah, that won't always let you go back to exactly where... I used to be a great squatter, not not, right. not setting anybody's records, but I used to be really comfortable squatting. And it's mm-hmm. never once felt right since then. And there are other things going on that contribute to that as well. But there's another girl that I talked to who's had the same surgery. She stopped squatting after that too. It just never felt right to her again. Does that take away from the fact that she's still an athlete? No. Nope. No. And I think sometimes we have to get comfortable with the fact that, yeah, there is this idea of you can rehab from everything. No, you can't. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. can't. Sometimes you can't. Yes, there are certain things you can get stronger and yes, you can rebuild and you can start all over again, but sometimes it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. why would you put yourself and... I think many of you know Gretchen, a.k.a. Firehorse in Carta. She mm-hmm. said something to me about someone that she trains with. She said, you know, she just says that squats hurt her. Mm-hmm. And I think she said deads also hurt her, so she just competes in bench. And mm-hmm. that makes her happy. She's learned to be yep. happy being a bench-only athlete. Instead of continuously training, these, you know, trying to chase down these things that actually physically cause her pain. Right. <laughs> she tried, right. and she realized it didn't work for her, so she moved on. And I think... Training through injury, bad idea. Yeah, because you you're never, through, and here's the thing, your body is always going to win. You are never going to win that battle when you try to battle against, you know, an injury or your body telling you something is wrong. You will always lose, period, point blank. Exactly, and please you know? go to rehab. After you yeah. have surgery or an injury, take the time to go to some sort of rehab if, the, if that's the appropriate thing to do. If your doctor tells you to go see a physical therapist, do that because if you don't and you just try to ignore that and go straight back to the gym a lot of times you create imbalances of your yep. own that yep. weren't there before um yeah the other thing too that i think um kind of on the you know sort of front side of this and getting in front of these kind of things and i think a lot of folks who've been training for a long time again tend to let this fall by the wayside or don't focus or pay too much attention to it is prioritizing mobility and stretching yes like i and i'm super guilty i mean you know i'm not like i mean i've, I've been lifting weights probably half of my adult life um and I definitely, you know, had been giving that short shrift, especially when I was doing more of bodybuilding workouts. Um, but, you know, once I started to get a little bit more heavily into powerlifting and I just saw the toll that it was taking on my body, I was like, you've 
got to do this every single session. You have got to, you know, even if it's only five minutes or even if it's only a couple of, you know, different um, exercises to activate your glutes or whatever, you got to do it, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons that I've been able to stay relatively injury free, knock wood, um, you know, and I'm shit, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm knocking on 50s doors, so I can't really complain. Um, but I think, you know, that's another thing too, that we kind of ignore, but it really is helpful to you know, think of it as preventative maintenance on your car as opposed to having to take your car to the shop and get it fixed. So As much fun as it, it's not always. I mean, I love it because yeah. I've always done the dance thing and the gymnastics thing. So stretching is just part of life for me. Uh, but, and doing all the foam rolling and all that craziness. And <laughs> But I think, especially since a lot of coaches don't write it into plans. Right. A lot of coaches just assume you're going to do it. You're doing it, yeah. <laughs> and most of us don't. Do not. Right. You've uh, one of the things that came up at a meet I was at recently. We were, it was a bunch of lifters sitting around uh, volunteering, and we said uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about tricks that we use to force ourselves to do mobility and to stretch and things like that. And we said <laughs> a lot of us bring our mobility things to work, mm-hmm. and we will use them at work just so yeah. that we're not working the whole day. <laughs> right. Exactly. I have been known. I definitely had a coworker catch me, and it was super awkward because it was a guy. I was definitely head between my knees like standing up to touch my toes but i'm flexible enough to put my head between my knees he definitely mm-hmm. caught me and couldn't figure out why he could see my hair under right. my cube door and kind of was like are you okay and it's happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm face down ass up in my cube just ignore me um but i think you definitely for anything that's like your mobility your stretching um yeah. foam rolling if you have a tens unit if you can bring those things to places like your job yeah do that or you're at your kid's soccer practice yep. you know or whatever you know take those take those opportunities to you know like you said to just do some kind of stretching or something or you know when you're catching up on your dvr or whatever do this shit at home it doesn't have to be just in the gym in the squat rack like you can do it anywhere but it's it's really important i think in the long run it really will be and i almost feel like sometimes too again kind of back to the ego thing it's almost like people don't want to do it because they feel like you know that somehow makes them an inferior lifter because they have to do all this stretching and listen it takes me a good 35 to 40 minutes to warm up to squat for 20 minutes you know and i ain't no shame in my game you know it's just it is what it is so i think um again people you know sometimes they they get in their own way with that kind of stuff so it's really important to um you know just make that a priority um and then the the other thing the kind of the final thing i wanted to mention that i think a lot of folks are guilty of when they um you know, really sort of find themselves in the sport or find their groove is letting that sport and those in your training and your nutrition define you. Yes. Um, and, and that takes on, you know, a lot of different iterations. I think we, you know, you mentioned a little bit, um, you know, earlier, some of that is like, you know, and again, when you are, when you have a goal and you're training for a meet or a show, like we get it. But if just in regular life, like you're that person that's taking fucking Tupperware to the office luncheon, like at a restaurant, like just don't go, right? you know, don't be that person. or, you know, like everything you're you, you, like, when you're starting to do stuff that is starting to impact your relationships with other people, um, and you know, kind of the way that you live your life, you really need to take a step back and check yourself. Because you'll you'll hear people say lifting is my therapy, it's my outlet and blah, 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 blah. 
that's okay. Like I think a lot of times you can use different modalities to kind of help you with your mental health and help you cope with certain things. But the problem is when you get into a space where that is your first go-to, like to deal with anxiety or depression or other things, and then all of a sudden you get injured exactly, or you have to have surgery or your job takes over and you can't train for two months, then what do you do? Because you haven't developed any other sort of coping mechanisms, you know, whether that be journaling or going for a walk or going to therapy, because that one thing that you depended so heavily on is taken from you, you find yourself in an even worse space, right? So I think, you know, it's really important to, to, make sure that you're keeping your training and, and, you know, sort of, you know, how you perceive, you know, yourself in terms of the sports in perspective, because, you know, you could wake up tomorrow and all of that'll be gone. And then you're, you don't, you don't have anything because you've alienated your, you know, friends or your family, or, you know, you haven't really given much consideration to your job or your education Mm -hmm. or all of these other things. So you're just kind of there like drifting along, like you cannot wrap up your entire identity into being a power lifter or yes. being a crossfitter or, or a strongman or a bodybuilder or anything and i used to see it there a lot bodybuilding you is know the worst. yeah because really once the, because, oh it is because, because the only thing that and i and and you know and i've talked about i think i've talked about it pretty openly here i, I bodybuilding pretty much is the reason that i ended up in un- unemployed um, right for those of you who haven't heard the story, long story short, I was working a job and because I was so, I was working with a coach who was so food structured and so you carry the Tupperware everywhere. Like even to this day, I can see her posts on social media and for her, ooh, I was naughty today and I had an extra mm-hmm. tablespoon of peanut butter kind of person. Ugh. And so I was afraid to do anything off of my meal, anything that was off my meal plan. And I alienated every single person at my job. And when the axe came, <laughs> mm-hmm. nobody protected me right. because nobody liked me. <laughs> right. And it was because I had wrapped myself up in, well, I am lean and I am competing in this and I mm-hmm. am a competitor mm-hmm. and I'm going to be a figure girl. And yeah, it's great to have these hobbies, but that wasn't my career. I didn't spend the crazy amount of money I spent on undergrad and grad school to be a figure girl. Right. And when you find a way to be such a jerk about your diet or your training mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. start to alienate people in your real life, you need to step back and rea- and really re- reevaluate some things. There are a lot of things about me that you might see in social media and don't understand why I don't take almost anything seriously. Right. <laughs> That's why, because I seriously alienated people to the extent that I watched a girl who started the job the same day I did, who had a very similar job to what I had get protected people worked hard to protect her and mm-hmm. let me go out the door and nobody even really checked to see if i was okay after i after mm-hmm. i got basically laid off no one mm-hmm. no one looked to protect me and it was because i hadn't built any relationships with anyone yeah you, those things that seem so stupid to us especially those of us who have been on the bodybuilding side of things those client lunches those co-worker brunches right. and breakfasts and baby showers and wedding showers and birthday parties those things matter yeah. And that's not to say that you can't 
participate like participating in those things should allow you to kind of get off track of from what it is that you're trying to do but there's a way that you can finesse that as well like I definitely you know have been in those situations where I've you know had gone to lunch with coworkers, but I'm going to eat what I'm going to eat so you're not going to force me to get you know linguine if I want to <laughs> get a, a salad and a piece of steak like that I'm, I'm cool with that but you know again just bring like but if you're with you a know. coach who's so strict that you literally I, my coach was not one who was down with that whole oh order a salad because you don't know what right. they put in the salad so therefore you can't right. do this and bubble true, true, and true. I ended up becoming one of those people I remember going to a friend's birthday party and sitting there with Tupperware in a restaurant at a birthday party with my friends and yeah, when no. you get to that point and you see it a lot with people who compete in bodybuilding where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they can't do anything except sit in the house and eat their exact diet food right. and they portray right. it often as well i have a goal that i'm after which is i'm hardcore and i'm I'm gonna get this goal and that's beast mode that's great guys we support your goals but remember especially if you are not a coach full-time and you're not making any money as a bodybuilder you have a job well and not to mention um a competition is for one one day day. and and a lot of times you know especially with you know a lot of these you know bodybuilding shows you know nowadays you know if you're a bikini girl or figure girl there's literally 19,000 of you and you're going to be on stage for all of seven seconds and so you have to really think about you know you know everything sort of goes into that that those seven seconds and that's great but what about the next day what do you have to to hang your hat on you know are you going to have friends and family that are still going to want to support you and not hate your guts because you've just become (laughs) so completely incorrigible you know what I mean like are you going to have those other things to kind of fall back on to help you get that balance back in your life Um, and I think a lot of times you know again people become so wrapped up in creating this identity for themselves with these external things that they forget to, you know, look at who they are and those characteristics that make them who they are and why their friends and family love them. You know, my husband and my son love me not because of, you know, my deadlift or my totals or, you know, my pro card. They don't give a shit about anything <laughs> like that at the end of the day. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's whatever it is about me, um, you know, as a, as a wife and a mom and a daughter, you know, and a friend. Like, those are the things that are important to people, you know, and I think, it, you know, you gotta, you have to be able to separate yourself from these things sometimes and I think it's also really important to make sure that your circle around you isn't just comprised of one kind of person like if all you hang out with are power lifters or all you hang out with are bodybuilders then who's going to who's going to keep you grounded no one. because if everybody is you know everybody's in prep and everybody's worried about you know making weight and numbers and you know calories and things like that well who's going to be the one to pull you back and say yo you know you need to chill like you've been training for like 12 straight days and you're clearly in pain you need to take a day off you know for me that's my husband you know he was always like nah you need to you need to chill and he always kept me from getting too crazy you know and the funny thing about it is like the the friends that i have made through because you always really like, oh, i made so many great friends <laughs> the friends that i have made through oh you're funny you know my hobbies through powerlifting, through bodybuilding you know through crossfit they're people that I would be friends with anyway because of the other things that we have in common. Like I'm not one of those, like it's really interesting because um, 
I, I had dinner with um, a couple of girlfriends of mine um, right around the Christmas holiday. And, you know, like I posted some pictures, people were like, oh, my God, you guys probably talked about, you know, bodybuilding or this and that the whole time. And I was like, actually, we didn't talk about it at all, you know, because we are friends because of the other things that draw us to each other. And that it just so happens that that was the um, arena in which we met, you know, so I have a few close friends that happen to be powerlifters or crossfitters or bodybuilders. But if we took those things away, we would still be great friends. Right. Um, and I think it's important again to, you know, it's great to form bonds through common things, but also make sure that those people have other qualities and they are, they add value to your life in other ways. Cause you are only going to be able to have so many conversations about the goddamn CrossFit open, you know what I mean? Or, you know, or raw or national. Yeah. Or, or the Arnold, like you're only going to be able to have so many conversations about that. And then it's like, you're sitting there staring at each other, you know? So I think it's really important to just maintain perspective because again, you could wake up tomorrow and all this stuff could be gone and you want to make sure that you still are able to go on and live a happy and healthy and, you know, fulfilling life sort of outside of these things. So I think that's that. Yes, I think that's that too. Well, my goodness. Um, so yeah, thank you all for joining us again tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, check us out on iTunes. Check us out on SoundCloud. If you like the episodes, please, please, please do us a favor and go to iTunes. And I think you can do it on SoundCloud too and leave us a comment and a, and a rating. Um, it really helps to make the podcast more visible so that we can bring more cool content to more people. Tell your friends. Um, check out our blog. Um, on WordPress and also our Facebook and Instagram account, which are both the Chocolate Bar Podcast and we are on the Twitters. Um, so check us out. Let us know what you think. You know, if you have ideas for shows, hit us up on um, our Gmail account, Chocolate Bar Life at Gmail. Um, and we will be back soon with some super exciting episodes and guests. We have so, some badass guests coming. Oh out. boy, 2018 is on and popping. Um, anyway, so thank you again for joining us. I'm Bree. I'm Dee. And we will see you at the bar. Bye. Bye bye.